Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Welcome. This is Stan Lee of Marvel Comics warning you to look around you, your classmates, your friends. You never know which one of them may be a mutant, a person born with strange and wondrous powers. Now, some mutants, like the X-Men, use their special gifts for good. But then there are the terrorist mutants who plan to destroy the human race. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil! You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> Take your pixie out of your pocket because she's trapped in there. She needs air. Let her out. Okay. But <laughs> grab your happiest thought. Throw that pixie dust in the air like confetti because happy. Sing it with me. Oh, he's taking a drink. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday, Mickey. Yay. November 18th, the official 90th birthday of Mickey Mouse. And so that was, of course, the normal plan for the show. But then everything else started happening, and we've got a fully packed show. And, of course, I am your host, Head Lost Boy, the Spider-Pan. You can call me Jeremy or Spider-Pan. I answer to both. Just don't call me late for dinner. I've always wanted to have a stupid excuse to use that really stupid joke. <laughs> and if you recognize that voice, Lost Boy Phil, we call him the Kryptonian. Hello. Hello. And I had to come over and talk to you here because uh, Eric couldn't be with us today. Oh. But... Uh, you, with with what happened this week with the passing of Stan Lee, who yes. else better that I should be talking to than you? Oh, I love Stan uh, Lee. So we got to discuss that later. Yes. So we're going to tribute that we're dedicating this show. We're going to share some of the positive things of Stan Lee. Yes. And then another surprising death that happened. Other yes. than also, I forgot the name of the guy, Goodman, uh, but the writer of the Princess Bride script oh, uh, also yeah. passed. And the Princess um, Bride right back there. Talk about him. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I love him. Yeah. But uh, Roy Clark, and that's he's got some Disney connection we'll yes. get into, but I know he had an impact on me when I was younger. Me too. And so, perfect. We can also yes. tribute. We're going to give some time to Roy Clark, but of course, we got to spend time talking about some Mickey Mouse for his 90th birthday and continuing our series of all of our favorite Mickey... Well, we can't do all of our favorite Mickey cartoons. Oh, There's no. There's so no. many. But we're, we're doing my absolute favorite Mickey Mouse cartoon today. Oh, uh, yes. I mean, and it, it, it's the second place is held by a lot of them. Oh, my But goodness. this is the number one because I think this is the first... I had a book of this one. Yes. When I was a kid. And so this became and my favorite. I somewhere. So I, awesome. 
But I had one of the ones, remember the Fisher-Price books where it had the little miniature record yes. on the pages and you put the thing on top? I had this one. I'll be dog. That's and great. so that's why I love this one we're going to talk about today. But also, we have a, a heck of a ton of some Disney Parks news because the D23, not the Expo, but uh, this is, oh, uh, I'm going to call it the Destination D. That's what you call it. Destination D has been going on today in holy snot, brothers. <laughs> I couldn't come up with anything else to say. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. They released on inter through Entertainment Weekly some music by John Williams for Galaxy's Edge. Oh, beautiful! Oh, if there's a way I can play it, I'm going to play it for you right now. But right now, it's on it's on uh, Entertainment Weekly's website. It's on a video. If I can manage to finagle a copy of uh, the music to play for you, I'll I'll give you a little hint of it while we're discussing it. Uh, but if you don't hear it, that means I couldn't figure out a way to get to it. Maybe they make it available for us to purchase. Oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll find do out. it. I'll do it. Oh yeah, he's I don't my know favorite. If, I don't know if it's available right now though. But if it's available for purchase. I'll, it'll be playing right now and you're hearing it and it's beautiful uh, but I don't know where they're using it I mean is this going to be walk into the the I well the so. gated area I don't know I don't know where you're going to hear it but you're going to hear a galaxy <laughs> and while you're oh my gosh they told us the names of some attractions now the Millennium Falcon ride that we've been hearing so much that you can actually go in they know how you do if you're successful they are going to revere you if you fail miserably bounty hunters may come and get you and it's called Smuggler's Run yes <sighs> that's going to be a blast. Yes. What worries me is, okay, since it's not just you, it's going to be your friends or maybe some complete strangers on that Falcon with you. And you may have, let's say you've got four people in a crew. Two of you may be like, all right, we're going to be successful at this. The other two might be like, I wonder what happens if you wreck this thing. Yeah. So, you know, you're going <laughs> to... That's going to be interesting. Confrontations. Yes. You might, while you're while you're standing in the queue, which, by the way, some pictures I've been seeing in, in this video of the queue. I mean, you're walking on board the Millennium Falcon. You can see the little game board. Yes. You, oh, wow. You get to see it all. i got to learn how to play that game. <laughs> oh, yeah, but just don't, you know, let the Wookiee win. Yeah, that's... You know. I am the Wookiee. <laughs> I can't do it. Okay. That's me trying to sing. I'm a singer. Okay. But I would coordinate with whoever I'm going to be uh, flying this thing with. Uh, whoever my crew is, is like, okay, we want to succeed at this, right? 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 Okay, yeah. we're succeeding at this. If you're wanting to fail, you get another group that wants to fail with you, and you guys have a ball, go ahead and fail. That's up to you. But I'm going to successfully fly this mission, and I'm bringing this back. She, I promise she won't get a scratch. Yeah. And I got your promise on that. Not a scratch. Now get going, you pirate. <laughs> right. I probably should have had you do half the lines. Yeah, that's okay. Totally. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> I, no one knows where I'm going. No one knows where I've been. And only God knows where I've been. And I'm a devil on the run, a six-gun lover, a candle in the wind. I'm going out in a blaze of bad singing. <laughs> You've been eating sugar, brother. <laughs> actually, no, I haven't. I'm not allowed, you know. Uh, but, oh, other things. So what is the, I think it's called Rise of the Resistance. And we've been hearing about an attraction where you get to fight against the Resistance. Or, no, you are the Resistance. You're fighting the First Order. And now we've learned you have a confrontation with Mr. Kylo Ren himself. Yes. Ben! Yeah. Ben! <laughs> and then we can see if Ray is right. <laughs> and we are both taking a sip of our water. 
You've got a cooler cup than I do, though. I've yeah. got a Jaws on my cup, and you've got a Mickey Mouse cup. That's right. Inside, in fact, in the bottom, you can see Mickey. Oh, fun! And there's a little Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse signature, signature right there. <laughs> I need to get some of that. Yeah, those got, are that's available at the park, right? And the, yes, and uh, there's a Minnie Mouse one we have too. Awesome. I think yeah, Amanda showed me those one time. Yeah. Um, also, but okay, so Bob Chapek was the one out there revealing all this. Epcot, we know Illuminations is closed. So sad. Yes. I never got to see it. I hear it was fantastic. Mm. I've heard the music of it. Sounds beautiful. But I guess you know you have to grow and change. I guess you know. Yeah, that happens. So <laughs> now this is funny. Temporarily at Epcot, and this this is going to debut fall 2019. It's called temporarily. It's named Epcot Forever, <laughs> and it's temporary. Yeah. <laughs> but it's going to feature some classic Epcot tunes. So there's going to be a show temporarily while they build a brand new show that it sounds like it's going to be spectacular. Let's see. I think they even said the name of it. Let me pull that up again. New Nighttime Spectacular will celebrate how Disney music inspires people around the world and will feature massive floating set pieces, custom-built LED panels, choreographed moving fountains, lights, pyrotechnics, and lasers. It's a little light bulb that blinks. Sorry, I was watching Toy Story. But uh, I, I guess it's called Celebrating Mickey Mouse? Because there's oh. something, I guess that's what they're saying at the Destination D. I don't know if that's what they're actually titling this uh, event, or well, it's not event, but I mean the new show at Epcot that they're building while you get this temporary Epcot for everything. Huh, yeah. So, big new show coming, and I'm sure it's going to be spectacular. As much as we're going to miss Illuminations if we got to see it, this is going to be really cool. Uh, we did, of course, they got a little bit more information talking about the new Mickey Mouse ride that replaced the great movie ride. Uh, we do have a title for it. It is called Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. That'd be fun. And it's the first th ride through attraction that's ever actually had Mickey Mouse. Yeah, and there's, I, I've never understood that. You know, I've always wanted to see, uh, when I was younger, there used to be this thing, because I don't really remember it. But there used to be this thing that they had with a, uh, oh, stop animation, you know, what you want to call it. Uh, Mickey and them, there was like an instrumental. Uh, yeah, an animatronic. Animatronic, yeah, the, thank um, you, thank you. Uh, the, was it Mickey's Review? Something like that? Yeah, so, they had the, yeah. they played all the different songs. They had yeah. some Mickey characters. Some of those characters still exist over in Splash Mountain. That's what they said. And yep. I, I've never gotten to see it, you know, in, in person, I mean. Yep. I've seen bits and pieces of it on film. These are like uh, handheld cameras that people had, and they were yeah. things about I've it. I've seen some YouTube on that, too. Yeah, but I've never I gotten, would like to have gotten to see yeah, it. Yeah, I was, well, I was a baby. I mean, I, in fact, it may have been around when you were born. It may not have been. I know it was really big, like in 76 and 77, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I can't remember when they shut it down. But seeing the pictures of it as a little kid, seeing an animatronic Mickey Mouse, that really grabbed a hold of me. Yes. And I wanted to see it. Yeah. I, I kept thinking, are they ever going to make a ride of Goofy uh, and Mickey? And I wanted it. I want to say it's in Tokyo, but they do have a version uh, overseas. Really? I think it's in Tokyo. Wow. So I do remember seeing some stuff about that. Uh, if I'm getting that slightly off, somebody will probably correct me and send me some feedback. So please do. But yeah, I, they do apparently they will still have a version. But some of the figures here in the states were recycled. Yeah. Um, for the for Splash Mountain. Yeah, I remember uh, that. So, but I always wanted to see. I always wanted to see a, a really good animatronic ride of Mickey Mouse. Yeah. I always thought how great. Maybe it'd be. that's what we get. I hope so. I hope so. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. Uh, something else, though, new coming at Epcot, we know, in the France Pavilion. Uh, now, this is part of the trend where Frozen has come in to mm -hmm. uh, replace Maelstrom over in the, um, whatever that area was called, the Viking area. Yeah. Uh, Norway. Yeah. Uh, and, like it or not, it's there. 
France, of course, is the setting of Beauty and the Beast, so yeah. Beauty and the Beast is going to get a sing-along production going on in the France Pavilion. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, of course, still more characters moving into Epcot, uh, whether it's a good thing or not. I'm not going to say, but I mean, I, this does seem to take a little bit away from what Epcot was. But now, uh, granted, you know, we do have the three Caballeros over in Mexico. Yeah. We've had that for a long sold. time. Uh, so, I mean, if right. done right, it can work. I mean, because we got the Guardians of the Galaxy are coming in. They're going to have a space station set up in Epcot, uh, which, I mean, I'm, it still sounds really cool. Yeah. I just worry for the people who really love Epcot and what it was. Uh, I'm sure that's got to be heartbreaking a little bit. It, it, maybe this will get young people more involved with the world as far as uh, the stuff they can see. I mean, may, I hope it doesn't take away, but it might get more young people involved with learning about uh, a little more about everything. And hopefully that's yeah. what will happen. And that's, I guess, the goal. I mean, you, you want to experience some of the world, but now you're going to get a lot more Disney. And uh, Michael Eisner did say he wanted more characters in a long time ago, but I think he had a different thing in mind. Uh, Bob Iger has been really bringing in more intellectual property into Epcot. Which, I mean, heck, Epcot, I think, was the home of there was some Barbie stuff in there at one point. I don't know. And I, and I think, well, I don't think Tomorrowland had it, but I think it was Epcot had actually some Barbie. So, I mean, there's been weird stuff in Epcot before. So, let's try to just wait and see how it comes out. It's a Beauty and the Beast thing, which gets me excited. And it's being produced by Don Hahn anyway, who produced yeah. both films. And I, I, Beauty and the Beast still the animated. It's still my favorite. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, so... I would go. I would probably sing along and make a fool of myself too. So, <laughs> you know, but that's that's so far everything we know as the time of us recording of all these new wild and wacky things happening coming up in the parks. But now I the, the other thing that I did see happen in the parks, I'm trying there's so much stuff that I didn't see pop up and I've been really busy getting close to graduation. Hard to keep up with it all in. Yeah, it's hard to keep up and it's hard to even keep sharing it to Twitter and Facebook of all the different things happening. Uh, I want to recommend to y'all Disney Inspires. It's another Facebook page. They have a website. You've heard them on the show. It's Jeff Revere and Amy. I don't know how to say her last name. But they've been on the show before. They even sent me a nice t-shirt. Oh, uh, they, nice. They're, they're really fun people. They're keeping up on a lot of this Disney news, and they share a lot of stuff over at Disney Inspires on Facebook. So go over there, and you can find even more stuff than what I'm able to share. Uh, I don't have time to share it all even in the show because there's so much stuff. But I do have to mention, because this is this has been a big thing, uh, and I haven't really seen anything directly from Disney that's confirmed it, but I've seen it from enough sites that I trust that say this apparently is true. The part of your photo pass, where normally you've had cast members who would take your photo for you, now in at least nine locations, they're going to have a photo on the wall or a camera on the wall to take your picture. And somebody posted a picture that they claimed they got with Tinkerbell from one of these cameras and it's like really pulled back and not zoomed in. Now I'm thinking if Disney was going to do something like this, they're not going to take a bad picture like that. No. So I smell shenanigans. Now I wouldn't be surprised if they did try to swap a few cameras just to try to get maybe the line at the character meet and greets going a little faster maybe. To maybe just, you know, let's get your picture, and you keep going. It might be a little quicker. I don't know. Uh, there's people upset saying, hey, Disney, you're cutting some jobs. Uh, to which I do have to wonder, you know, Disney is trying to raise wages on their cast members. And sometimes maybe you have to balance your costs. So maybe by trying to increase the wages, they had to cut a few. That happens. That's just business. Sorry to say. And somebody's mad at me I've said it, but that's the truth. Mm -hmm. it, sometimes if you want to pay more, sometimes you have to make cuts somewhere. Now, granted, their ticket prices keep going up, and but I think also the cost of running the parks is going up, considering all the construction, all these new things coming. That costs money. Yeah. So, yes, the ticket prices are high, 
but I, I can see where the money's going. I mean, yeah. we just listed out a bunch of new stuff, new things happening, and we have a brand new land coming up there. I mean, 20, million, and 20 acres, million, if I yeah. remember correctly, 20 acres for Star Wars. I mean, that's a, that's a big expansion. So, everybody, take a breath. If you're upset about this, take a breath. Realize this is business. That's the way things kind of go. So, I wish the ticket prices were more affordable for people of my class of where I'm at. But I'm, I'm going to work my way into it. I'm going. I mean, a lot of people can go all the time, and that's great. And a lot I of can't. us <laughs> can't go. Uh, but it doesn't mean we don't aspire and we don't work our way toward it. And Because I'm going back. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to find a way to where I'm going to go multiple times. I'm graduating from college. I'm going to have my degree. I'm going to work my tail feathers off. And I'm going Disney as much as I can. So... That's that's the thing, and that's a goal to work for. Save money, set some money aside, make those Disney plans. You can make it happen. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. But for those of us when we can't get to the parks, we still have all kinds of fun things to do, like sitting around watching Mickey Mouse cartoons. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> it's ninety years, and we finally get to talk about my absolute favorite. And I mentioned earlier, I had a little Fisher Price book and had a little record on it. I had one of Snow White, uh, where the seven, where Snow White was going to come back and visit the seven dwarves, and the seven dwarves are like fixing up the hut. I loved that. I, yep. even though I didn't see the the actual movie until maybe just a few years ago. But the brave little tailor. Yes. Taken from, uh, I believe, the Grimm's fairy tale. Uh, let me look this up again here. Um, I remember looking it up, looking at it, and I meant to read the actual story, but I didn't get a chance to. But uh, it's an old classic fairy tale. Yeah. Which I did not realize. Uh, but this, I love this because this is Mickey being at his his the hero that we we expect of him to be, where he's kind of the reluctant hero because he's scared, but he sucks it up and he'll get brave when he yeah. needs to. But I, that's what's great about Mickey is he's afraid of stuff too, but yep. he he's like okay, his, his positive personality shines through right in, in at all cost. Mickey is usually a positive, uh, a gracious, positive, thankful little guy. Even whenever he's ornery, mm-hmm. even whenever he's, even whenever he's facing all odds, his positivity shines through, and that's what I love about him. Yeah, and he'll always do the right thing, yeah, no matter what. Even if it costs and it's scary, he'll do it. Mm-hmm. I and, love it, and that's what we see in this cartoon. We see, and yeah. I love this fact that you know there's this giant in the land. And Mickey, this little tailor, he's sewing. He's getting buzzed by these flies and all this stuff. And he gets these two swatters together and smack! And he gets seven of them. And he gets excited, busts out the window. I got seven in one blow! What he didn't hear is the conversation going outside there. It's like, wow, who are we going to get to kill a giant? And then suddenly Mickey pops out, I got seven in one blow! Yeah, Seven giants in one blow! Seven giants in one blow! Yeah. And Mickey, he's so proud of it. I love the fact when he goes before the king. And the king asks him, is it true? You got seven in one blow? And I love Mickey telling the story. Oh, they came from the right, from the left, the right, the left. I swung again and again and again. And then, boom, I let him have it. Mm-hmm. I love that. And he's just, ta-da, you know, hanging his hands and scissors in the air. Like, yes, the great tailor. And it's great. You are official chief dragon slayer or giant slayer of the kingdom. What? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he starts offering all this money to him. Mickey's like, oh, no, I can't do it. And then Minnie goes, just like, oh, but he gets to marry me. And they get, the, oh, the hand of the fair princess Minnie. And suddenly Mickey's got to do it. Yeah. And then she gave him a kiss or something. Yeah, oh, like she that. piles kisses all over yeah, his face. And, and that's when he's and like, whoopee. Yeah, he's just like, let's do this thing. Yes, he's, <laughs> let's he's get going, going for it. <laughs> and then it's so funny because then he's he's marching outside the castle. And he's like, okay, I'm going. And everybody's cheering him. And then I slam those castle doors behind him. And he's like, let me back. <laughs> he's pounding on the doors and then he sees Minnie waving her handkerchief and he's like oh, okay I'm gonna go 
<laughs> and off he goes to face the giant. Now, what's funny about this is because he used his smarts and intelligence, but he, he basically contains this giant in the end with thread. Yeah. How in the world is that thread strong enough to hold that giant? Yeah, he's a tailor. He knows. <laughs> he's a good tailor. But I love the way it's like it's it's a scary moment and the giant is kind of fun. I almost kind of wish it was Willie the Giant. That's before he was created. Though. Yeah, it was Willie the Giant was later Jack and the Beanstalk. But it's almost the same voice. Yeah. I mean, fi fo fum. <laughs> yeah. But this guy, is this giant's almost the same thing. Smoke. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Most giants are ignorant, right? Yeah, big giant. Let me tell you, brother. <laughs> no. Let me tell you, I want pumpkins. <laughs> so, I mean, this is a great adventure, and Mickey nearly gets swallowed at one point. And, I mean, some clever stuff with the giant, because he wants a drink of water. He rips an entire well out and drinks, like, a big cup of water. Uh, eating a handful of pumpkins, and now Mickey manages to sew his hand stuck up in his sleeve and all this stuff. And That's great. It's a great cartoon. He defeats the giant, and they build a carnival out of the snoring giant. Yeah. And then at the end, even the king is whoopee on yeah. the carousel. Yeah. It's just and a Mickey delight. Mickey gets Minnie. And Mickey you know? gets his Minnie yeah. and a big kiss on the carousel. Yeah, that's great. I love it. But this is, this is Mickey terrified, but it's the right thing to do to stop this giant, and he's going to do it. Yeah, it's one of the best. That's one of the best. Mickey's just a little hero. Even Runaway Brain, you can see him terrified, but he'll do the right thing. Yeah. Runaway Brain's a great one, too. It is. Which I uh, I just recently, and I, I mentioned this on the show last week, they have this, I should have brought it with me, 90-year collection. Uh, oh. Well, it's 90-year celebration. It's 13 episodes on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital of Mickey Mouse. It's got some of the best ones. And it's it's got to even get a horse, but it's missing Runaway Brain. I wish it would have. Oh, Runaway I want to get that. How, I wonder how much that is. I like. Uh, I got it with my Amazon Rewards. It was like a fifteen dollar thing on that's Amazon. It's at Walmart and stuff too. Yeah. Oh, well, we to, um, I want to go get that. Like, yeah, it's right, that's really good. I want to go get that. Yeah, it's yeah. So I've enjoyed it, and Heather's even enjoyed watching it. Which she didn't grow up watching much Mickey Mouse or anything. Oh, that's a shame. I was all Looney Tunes, but now she she was interested. She got all pulled into watching these because she loves these old cartoons. Yeah, they're great. They are great. You can't beat the classics. You just of course yeah. I realize I'm Captain Old School, you know, but. That's what I call myself. But the fact of the matter is, is uh, you really can't beat the classics. If it weren't for the classics, you wouldn't have the the uh, new cartoons. Really, yeah. you wouldn't. They really built that foundation. And, and Mickey, the brave little Taylor. Oh. And Mickey really is. Uh, he's the one. He's the one that kind of made the cartoons become what they are. Because the, there's a competition in the old days, and really Looney Tunes and and all of those were trying to uh, aspire to be what the Disney ones were. That's the facts. Popeye was trying to be what Mickey was. All of them were trying to be like Mickey. Just like with the comic books, I always say that all the other ones were trying to be like Superman. That's a fact. That's not an yeah. opinion. They were but, trying. But the nice thing is Marvel started doing that, and then we're going to start segueing over towards Stan. Marvel making yes. that difference of saying, yes. well, they need to be more human. Yes. I need to believe these people. And, that and changed, I don't believe Superman. That changed Superman. Mm-hmm. And that changed all the DC. So uh, what Superman did... For comic books, Stan Lee was the Superman of comic books in the sense that we're talking creator sense. Yeah. Because he is Superman of Marvel. He yeah. changed. He was the Walt Disney of comics. There you go. He changed it all. Yeah. Stan Lee did. Yes, he did. Yeah, and we'll get diving into there, but I do want to make one quick mention that uh, Brave Little Taylor was nominated for Best Animated Short Film at the 11th Anim- Academy Awards in 1939, right. but lost to Disney's own Ferdinand the Bull. Oh, I love that one, too. That's great. And it was compiled in the book as one of the 50 greatest cartoons. Yes. So yes. I don't know where it ranks, though. It doesn't say here, no, but I mean, remember what number three was, right? Wasn't it number three? The, it was number the band two. concert? Wasn't it number two? 
It was two or three. Two or three. One of the band concert was, was up there high. Three. Yes, and I love that one too. But no, Ray Little Taylor. It's you know it's my special place. you know my favorite is yeah. yeah. But but, but I gotta see, say, it's, it's for similar reasons. You yes. had that little Viewmaster, and I had a little book. But I gotta say, Brave Little Taylor. I want to say Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one too. Oh, it is. Brave Little Taylor is also one of my top Mickey mm-hmm. Mouse. Probably if I had a top ten, that and the the, the band concert, they're in it because. Mm-hmm. First of all, they're my favorite Mickey. Yeah, that that style. And two, as a child, I always was looking at stuff with the uh, Brave Little Taylor on books and comic books and and things like that. And I just loved them. I love the animation. I also had a Viewmaster thing of that. Oh, and I watched it constantly. I loved it. I was lucky and blessed. My dad he shopped at garage sales like crazy. <laughs> yeah, and he did. every time he found a Viewmaster, whether it be just a regular Viewmaster or regu- whether it was the kind like we mentioned earlier that was really animated, he would buy them for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it cost him 50 cents, but yeah. but to me, they were worth diamonds. They were worth yeah. gold because that would just entertain me for days on end and mm-hmm. beyond that. So. And you can see why. I love these characters, Mickey, Bugs, all of them. You know, I just love them. So. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie. Yeah, we're gonna be a movie. Starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. Oh, good. Now, I haven't had a movie review really all month because I haven't had time to go see a movie since I don't know when. <laughs> I haven't hardly seen a movie and I don't know when. But The Grinch came out, uh, I guess a couple of weeks. Fantastic Beasts 2 came out and I, I don't have time or even funding right now to go see yeah. it. But the, I'll see it in a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. I'll, hopefully, I'll be able to go see it sometime this week. Uh, yeah. Things may work out here with this holiday week. But uh, The Grinch has come back. And uh, you've seen it, and also I've heard from a lost boy, Eric. He apparently went yeah. uh, early this morning. Poor guy was really tired, though. He had to work a night shift, uh, and so then he had to, then he went to go and take his kids to see the Grinch. So he does admit that he might have been a little grumpy when he saw it. But so uh, he, he was the Grinch of the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you also got a chance to see yeah. this new Grinch. Yeah. Um, now let me just read some of his comments. Sure, the conversation sure. I've been having with him here. But he says, surprisingly, Grinch uses "God rest you merry gentlemen" and "Silent Night." Yeah, I like that. So much padding, though. Yes. Cindy Lou Who and a single parent family wants to trap Sandy Claus. Yes. And uh, how the Grinch stole Home Alone. He mentions mm-hmm. also, I guess, is a thing. Uh, Who's don't say boo hoo, but our upset Christmas is stolen. Grinch hates Christmas because he is lonely. I think they did that with Jim Carrey, too. They did. Uh, the way Mike Yagubian was lonely. I have no idea who that is. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling Grinchy after seeing this. Uh, he does say, I wasn't in a good mood and it wasn't my choice to watch, so my influence may uh, that may influence my thoughts. Low blood sugar, been up since 11.30 last night, put in seven hours at work, and the food situation at the theater was complicated. <laughs> Welcome Christmas was used nicely. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Has a, was a dissonant mess which had to be hip. Yes. Impressed, they actually referred to Jesus with two carols I mentioned earlier, but there was so much padding. So, but those were Lost Boy Eric's thoughts, and that's he said everything that I was afraid of because yeah. you know, I even started seeing trailers where they got yo 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 mean one, yeah. and I was like, oh yeah. no, oh grindy. Ugh. He and I have almost the exact same feelings uh, about it now. 
I didn't. I wasn't tired necessarily when I saw it. I was, however, fighting a seizure. So during the beginning of it, so uh, I started having one. I had one earlier that day. Two, two of them. Yikes! Was able to fight one of them. I had probably the worst seizure I'd ever had, if not close. And then I'd had another one try to come, and I was able to fight it. Uh, and then one started again during that movie. Fought it. Had another one later, which I could not stop. But that being said, uh, when the movie came, I. Uh, I started, it started up, and when they started rapping Seizure, now granted, people have different tastes and things, so to yeah. each their own, I say yeah. that often. When the movie started and they started rapping your Mean One Mr. Grinch, I cringed because I thought, you, I am once again Captain Old School, yeah. and to me, you cannot, will not ever defeat the original book, nor or cartoon. Yeah, especially Thurl Ravenscroft. You can't beat it. That's totally. just that's just me. Although I like Jim Carrey, I think did a good version yeah. when he sung it. I yeah. liked his. Now, it this is fun. what I was going to say. I personally well, do saying, I'm talking the song though, not the movie yeah, because that movie I did not was... like the film uh, yeah. uh, with Jim Carrey. I thought I always give it a D if not D minus. But that being said, uh, cuz it wasn't all bad. Jim Carrey himself did a great job yeah. with the singing and, and he did actually pretty good performance Yes, with him himself. He yeah. did a good job with the performance. But I could not stand the film because he did a lot of adding and, and silliness, and so did the script. This is no, no disrespect to Ron Howard, but I personally didn't think that I hated the stuff that they did in that film because what they did with that script was take the greatness of what the story was about that the wonderful Dr. Seuss uh, made, and they changed it all around. Now, in this movie, what I will say is I give it a C, if not a C plus, because what they did was they took the basics of the uh, story and put it back it, but the, it's kind of a combination of the movie with Jim Carrey and the original and they kind of combined it together so they at least have the basic uh, meaning of it for instance in the, the Jim Carrey movie they have it to where they're, all the who's were all about Christmas being about stuff they had a little bit of that in this but not completely and so at the end when all their stuff was taken in the Jim Carrey movie they're terrified and irritated and ter and this one wasn't so much they were sad but they quickly started singing the song so they decided to celebrate anyway and that w was missing from the Jim Carrey yeah, so at yeah. least in this one at least in this one it was the, the main point was still that they were better than Grinch and so they at least got that Good. And it wasn't a bad film, and 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 I hate to say this too because I love what was his name Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Ben, I, I love him, but I gotta say, his voice wasn't strong enough. Yeah, the, when I was hearing in the, in the trailers and commercials, and I've been talking to Heather about this, he's talking in this high cartoony voice, and he's got this great yes, deep voice. That's what I was if thinking. If he used his natural voice, it'd have been awesome. And also the narrator, I can't even remember his name. The narrator, who's a singer, apparently. I don't. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard it's a like a rap guy. Or yeah, something. And, and again, this is nothing against him personally. I'm sure he's a talented individual. I don't know who he is, but talented. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just I not, forgot his name. That's too. just not my thing. Yeah, but, not mine either. But that being said, his narration was horrible. Not because he is bad, but his voice is very normal, very quiet. And I was thinking, you need someone with a deep lombardo, someone, who, someone like Morgan Freeman, or Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff, <laughs> but what, yeah, but that's the original, right? <laughs> right. He's not around now. So I was no, thinking, someone like Morgan or Freeman, even, someone uh, like what they, didn't they get Anthony Hopkins Anthony to do Hopkins the, the Jim Carrey one? Because he was great for yes. a narrator. You could have had someone like get Sigourney Weaver for crying out loud. Kelsey Grammer, Morgan Freeman, yes, Morgan Kelsey Fre Grammer. Morgan Freeman could narrate eating cheese, and exactly. It'd be awesome. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be like, I have a bowel movement, and you'd be like, <laughs> you'd that's be great, that's wonderful. 
wonderful. Kelsey Grammer would have been yeah, great. Yeah, Kelsey you know? Grammer is so good too. Anybody yeah. with that deep voice who can narrate. But this guy, like I said, I'm sure he's wonderful, but he couldn't narrate. You know, mm. this wasn't very good. But th- still with all that, the movie was cute. I didn't like Cindy Lou Who. She was kind of bratty. Although I, I, I say bratty. One bratty. That's not the right term. She just, first of all, Cindy Lou Who, who's no more than two. In, yeah. the, in the live action film and in this film, they threw that out the window. And yeah. She's just Cindy Lou Who, the five-year-old, or Cindy Lou Who, the 10-year-old. Uh, in this one, she's about five. But I just didn't like that. All that being said, I still give it a C because it was still fun. And it was still cute. And so uh, nothing can defeat the original in my yeah. opinion. That's just me. Yeah, especially when you take a short book and you try to extend it to an hour and a half, you're asking for trouble. And as Eric put it, so much patty. Well, seeing how the movie started at nine, uh, excuse me, started at uh, uh, seven thirty, you had about fifteen twenty minutes of previews, and we were out by uh, what was it? Well, by nine, we were out. So that goes to tell you that it wasn't even an hour and a half, and we were done. Oh, well, they did try to keep it short then, huh? Yeah. And, but, so they didn't have anything else to put in there. And, and <laughs> they like, shoved as much as they could. And it was not even an hour and a half long. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I was like, wow. Well, because really, you only need a half an hour to tell the story. Yeah. Thank you, Boris Karloff. And, and thank you to, I can't think of his name. Thurl Ravenscroft. The, the one who, who wrote the music, who ended up being in the, uh, uh, what was the name of that show? Uh, Fame. He ended up being one of the actors who played the, the teacher on Fame. He wrote the music. You're the one who wrote you know what I mean one all that he wrote that really movie. yeah he was the teacher that kind of heavy set with the white beard and all yeah he's from the show fame I did not know that. yeah 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 well groovy yeah pretty good that's sort of like the weird thing we find out Chuck Lorre the creator of the Big Bang Theory wrote the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song from the eighties isn't that awesome and that's actually him singing the song yeah I knew and, that part mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome wild stuff man weird wild, wild stuff. stuff. But look, we had a movie review this month. There you Yay! go. Yay. And now it's time to turn yet another corner. Yes. All right. So two major deaths. Yes. I'm going to start start with the latter one first because I have to build up to the big finale. Yes. Uh, but Roy Linwood Clark was born April 15th, 1933 in Meherian. I'm sorry if those of you in Virginia, I'm probably saying that wrong. I, I, I apologize. But in Meherian, Virginia, and actually just died here on the 15th, aged 85 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, I mean, he was, of course, um, a, a country legend, and I'm, yes. not, I'm not one for country music so much. But I remember him when I was a yes. kid watching Hee Haw, him and yes. Buck Owens. Buck Owens. And, and, I, and I loved that. Yes. I mean, you'd have, he's a, he's a pickin' and Buck Owens is a grinning. Oh, boy. And they're a pickin' and a grinning, and they'd sing those songs, and good old Roy Clark was on The Muppet Show. Yes. Sung a Roy, couple songs. You couldn't beat Roy Clark, man. Mm-hmm. That guy, there's something about his sparkling personality. Yeah, he's always smiling. I don't think I've ever seen him not smile. He just, he had this personality that he was one of the most affable men mm-hmm. on TV. It, I loved him. And I hope it was the way he was in real life. I hope so. He just <laughs> seemed to have this affable way about him. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, in fact, I have a, a copy of Bing Crosby's Christmases and him and Bing Crosby were a lot of fun together. And uh, I don't know if you ever got to see that or not, but him and Bing Crosby, Bing Crosby. yeah, they, awesome. they were singing this uh, wonderful little song together. And, and I tell you, two great personalities. Uh, but Bing Crosby I, it was great, of course. But Ray, uh, Roy Clark on a banjo. I mean, he made banjo picking just outstanding. Yeah. I, I'd say the next guy to him that I can think of is uh, Steve Martin. But Oh, heck yeah. yeah but boy, Roy Clark. 
he, oh, he, he was so great on a banjo. Yeah. He made it look easy. That shows you greatness. But when right you there. watch them play, you know, because banjo doesn't get a lot of respect anyway. No, it doesn't. It's that Hick Redneck instrument. It's, but it's got a unique sound, and you see how the call, and it's, oh. I mean, you don't really strum that banjo so no. much. You, you're picking. Yeah. With, you know, it's, it's all, it's a full hand workout. Yeah. I mean, so that's, some, someone can play that thing and play it like that. I mean, that's this. And he goes so quick. Yeah. It was so quick. You know. And he was so funny. Do you remember the Beverly Hillbillies when he was on there? I think I've seen that one. I think they actually had it on uh, a couple weeks ago. I think I remember seeing Roy Clark on Beverly Hillbillies. He was hilarious. He's supposed to be their cousin. Yeah. Their far cousin, you know, second, third, fourth removed. I don't remember how they said it. But he was hilarious. He goes on there and he's supposed to be, uh, uh, they were trying to make him like famous and they had him dress up. Uh, I can't think what the name they gave him on there. But they had him dress up like a, a little boy blue, they called him. <laughs> and he, they had him sing The Great Pretender, you know. And he he was told that he had to sing a certain way, so he goes, "Oh yes, woohoo! I'm the great woohoo pretender, woohoo!" <laughs> <laughs> and he was dressed wearing this uh, little uh, like maroon shorts, real high up, and he had these. Uh, he basically looked like a little uh, little boy uh, in a, a like maroon shirt and, and yeah. suit, and he had this blonde little wig coming down and little uh, oh little goodness. bow hat. And oh, he was hilarious! Oh my goodness, he was so funny. I know I've seen him playing his banjo on Beverly Hillbillies, but I don't think I've seen that. Oh, oh my he was, goodness. He I'm was hilarious. Oh, he was hilarious. But uh, we also did manage, Eric found him, of course, singing in Disneyland's yes. 30th Celebration. Yes. I was going to say, it's one of my earliest memories is seeing him sing that. What was he singing? Oh, let's see. I'm going to hit this uh, YouTube you, This land is your land, was what I remember. Oh, this thing. All right. Well, uh, it's not going to sound good on microphone. I'm just looking it up here. Well, here he is. But the, on YouTube, you can find Rory Clark singing at the Disney 30th Celebration. Uh, but oh, he even there he is dueling banjos on Buck Trent. I think this uh, entire. Oh. Never seeing how the park looks from a child's point of view. Oh well, yeah, I, that's the Cosby Kids on there. But yeah, that's not going to sound good from the phone, so I'm not going to do that. I almost did there when it started playing noise, but I was trying to get to where Roy Clark was playing stuff. But yeah, so there's definitely some Disney connection. Mm-hmm. He's got a fantastic appearance on The Muppet Show. Uh, I meant to watch that this week, uh, like Friday night, Saturday, but I haven't gotten a chance to sit and watch it because it is on season three, I believe. That's like the third episode of that season. So if you have the one with Fozzie, that's the one that has Roy Clark on Awesome. They, they go Clark. good together. Roy Clark on there. Yeah, because yeah, they got all them hillbilly Muppet characters, so they have him playing with that, and he sings uh, uh, Sally Was a Good Old Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And uh, what was the other one on there that he sang? Um, uh, well, Sally Was a Good Old Girl. What was the other song? Um but Rocky Top, that's right, singing Rocky Top, you'll Rocky always top. be home sweet home to me. We don't sing it as good as Rocky Clark. Good, good old Rocky Top, Rocky, Rocky Top, Tennessee. Hey, you didn't pay to hear it. Uh, Rocky, Rocky Top, top Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool because you've got him, I mean, he was so talented. He didn't just rock on that banjo. No. I mean, he could play his guitar, he could play his fiddle, mm-hmm. and, 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 and the whole clip, when you watch it, on, on the Muppet Show, as they have different shots, they they mix together of him playing all the different instruments yeah. as he's singing a song with some of the Muppets. That's awesome. And you're like, dude, Roy Clark, instrumental god. Yeah, okay, he, you know. he was he was he little G a, god, by the yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. He could be a whole band. <laughs> yeah. What I loved about the banjo, though, where I think it gets overlooked, when you're hearing it play, it, there's almost a harmony to yeah. itself. 
which is what I love about it. it it's got three or four little things going on at the same time. Yeah. And people, they, they, they kind of put a stamp on it. They like to put the redneck, by the way, yeah. quit doing that. Not just to the banjo, but the people in general. Yeah. That, that's nonsense. The fact is, is it's awesome. The banjo yeah. is awesome. Yeah. There's a CD I want to buy. You can play it with the, with the Barbershop Crew Quartet. Amen. Sounds I, good. I've seen a, a CD I want to buy. I think it's called like Blue Band or Blue Blue Ribbon. I think it's called Blue Ribbon. And it's Blue a, Ribbon, Blue Grass? Yes. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's got a Steve Martin, Steve Martin CD. And I want to get oh. that. Yeah. Because he is awesome. Uh, but but yeah, he was supposed to have been coming around. I think we missed him where he came around and was playing some of his music. Yeah, well, so, he's coming back with uh, with, with Martin, Martin Short. Short again. I saw the. Adam. I don't know if you've seen oh, it. Man, but I want to go so bad on Netflix. They do have him and Martin Short doing <gasps> that very thing. It's, <gasps> it's great. <gasps> oh, yeah. Okay, I, I got something to watch later on Netflix. Although, yeah. I, although I want to go to Excelsior Springs tonight because they're going to do like a light parade or something. There I think. you go. So, uh, it's, it's Christmas light time for me. There but, you go. Uh, I'm, I'm Netflix. Okay, I'm going. There you go. Because I mean, <laughs> I still want to go and see them live because Steve Martin. Martin Martin Short, two I mean, of my you got favorite. two of the three amigos. I'm there. Hey, and, I am and, there. And Steve Martin it shares my birthday, you know. Well, there you go. See? <laughs> I'm back to Roy Clark. <laughs> I'm back to Roy Clark. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else that we could actually mention. I mean, uh, other than look in the 70s, he actually guest hosted for Johnny Carson on the Tonight really? Show. Wow. Enjoyed 30 million viewership for Hee Haw, which, oh, Hee Haw. We have to talk some Hee Haw. Oh, yes. There would, in my opinion, now, don't get me wrong. I love Buck Owens, and mm-hmm. I love all the people from it. Uh, Goober, right? Yes, and Goober was on there. But yes. that being said... And apparently, he was like a great Shakespearean actor, but he's always known for Goober. Always. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, is to me, personally, when it came to the beginning of the show, and it came to the end of the show, and even in the middle several times, to me, it was always about Roy. He yeah. was the one. that, that yeah. to, me, to me, that was a stamp. Yeah. Except for the 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 cartoon donkey, to the stamp, <laughs> yes. the stamp was always Roy for me. Yeah. And to explain hee haw, if you if you're younger and you've never seen hee haw, uh, YouTube it. It was it was this goofy comedy variety show uh, with basically like you're out somewhere in the cornfields in Nebraska or something. And, be- and it had guest stars of plenty. Guest stars of plenty. I mean, I th- I've seen Dolly Parton on Dolly there. Dolly Parton. Oh yeah, she was on there a lot. A lot because because everybody loved Dolly. Yeah, I mean, but I think I even saw Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell sisters on there before they but, got there. But own it show. wasn't just singers. I mean, you had a, yeah. a what's his name uh, from a, a. I even saw Ray Stevens on there. Ray Ste- what was uh, uh, his name from three? Three's company, John, uh, John Ritter. John Ritter yeah. was on there. He'd come popping up, and yeah, the people would pop up out of the cornfield doing jokes, doing stupid one-liner jokes. It was so bad popular. Puns. It was so popular. They had a comic book for a short while. They even had uh, a lunch pail. Oh, I remember the lunch yeah. pail. Yeah, did I? I think I had that lunch pail. Yeah, it was Not pretty popular. But I remember, I remember my grandpa used to love Minnie Pearl on there. Yeah, yeah, had wore a big hat and always had the tag every down. Saturday at six o'clock. Oh, I Minnie still Pearl. have a little mask of her somewhere. I, I hope somebody still has this picture somewhere but uh when he was it was had cancer they they were getting like yes. his last trips and last things to do and he got to meet Minnie pearl and got a picture yes. with her uh i wish i had that picture yeah because i mean he just loved Minnie pearl i got somewhere that little on the we're wood through st- playing now they had a little I, that yeah. little wooden stick uh mask of her it has that little uh, uh little price tag oh wow yeah i love it Yes. Oh gosh, well, that show was just so funny. Of course, now I've, they, there Remember are some Grandpa networks that'll show it now. Grandpa George, what's yeah. for supper? <laughs> That's right. Grinch, and he'd always mess it up, and they'd keep coming back to him until they get this crazy menu right. Remember the, the quartet? Oh. Uh, the, the quartet. The quartet. 
the quartet, they had the, the, the four guys, including Grandpa. Oh, and they sing, little jug bump. Yeah, Basically they, the country bear jamboree. Yeah, and they sing a lot of times, they sing gospel songs. They get yes, serious Yes, they would. They'd yeah. sing some gospel songs. Well, then you, I searched the world over and, and thought I found true love. love. You met another and, and you, you were, were gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they had to sing that song with their guest that, every week. That's it was right. so great. And Roy Clark, that's where I knew him from. Me from too. him. Him and Buck Owens. I liked him and Buck when they yeah. do things together. They were, they'd sing their ending song. I can't remember the can't think of their ending song, but at the end of the show, they would... Salute! Yeah. And they'd tell their jokes and they'd end the show. Oh, I'm going to miss Roy Clark. Although, I mean, he has some... Hee-hee-hee-ha-ha. Yeah. Hee-ha. And, you know, really... Oh, he had an autobiography, My Life in Spite of Myself, from 1994. Inducted in the Country Music Hall of Fame in 2009. I became a member of the Grand Ole Opry in 87. Uh, all kinds of different stuff. And I, really, he's been out of a lot of the public light in a long time. Yeah. But I didn't miss him until he was dead. Yeah. You know? I mean... When you know someone's not there. Yeah. That's when, that's it, when it really hits you. hard. Yep. But what a great legacy and what great fun and memories. And I hope some channel is going to pull out some hee-haw. Because we've got a lot of great channels that are showing some old TV. Pull out some hee-haw. Let's, let's celebrate some hee-haw. I have a DVD. That's my father's. Uh, in the other room, I'm gonna have to watch now. It's hee haw. Yeah, hee haw. Best of my mother let me borrow it. And I'm oh, gonna, I'm gonna have to watch. Yeah, it. didn't they have like time life videos of the best yeah, of hee haw stuff? I know they my father has some, and I'm gonna have to watch some just to kind of think of him. You know? Yep. Yeah, that's why I meant to watch that Muppet Show episode because that's yeah. all I got of him. Yeah. But then earlier in the week, we were completely and totally devastated yeah. by the loss of the great Stanley Lieber, oh. also known as Stan Lee. Because he, and he took the name Stan Lee because yes. he was going to write the great American novel. Yep. And he thought it was, oh, I'm going to write comic books. Well, I need a job. Well, I won't use my real name. Yeah. But little did he know that that would be the big thing. And did you, I, I think I told you about it, uh, I, they put it on his official Twitter, like the last interview uh, he was doing, and talk about how much he just loved us fans. Yeah, I want to uh, see And that. he says, like, the nice thing, he says how genuine it was that he knew that we really cared about him, and oh, he really absolutely. cared about us, because he knows how much love you give. And everybody's been basically... Uh, sharing a, pretty much the same soapbox because some of the things he was against, you know, like bigotry of any sort, you know, it's like, yeah. and he even mentions like whether you're like Democrat or you're conservative yeah. or Republican, we, we all together in this world and together in the Marvel universe and having some fun together. Yeah. And that's to us, that's that Disney thing that's too. It. We all, you know, because I've got people that are, are Disney friends that we all love Disney, but I you know, disagree on some other stuff with them. But I'm like, yeah, exactly. hey, but we still love Disney together. Yeah, and that—that's where I mean, you're gonna have people. The people you're closest with, are gonna agree on a lot more stuff than just Disney. But you're still gonna have friends that are dear Disney people yeah. that you completely disagree with on some other stuff. You can disagree on things, but that doesn't mean you don't love yeah. them. And that's what Stan Lee was all about. He's and people have been guy. sharing that because that's well, that's something we haven't seen online. But Stan was big on that message. But uh, he was born December twenty eighth, nineteen twenty two, in Manhattan, New York City. So he's a New York. New York kind of guy, which I mean, his New York just came out. The way he talked, he was yeah, so New York. Oh, yeah. Yes, you just loved you that. You couldn't get past that, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, Stanley Martin Lieber, and of course, Joan just just passed away last year. And it was heartbroken, oh, man. I, you know, I can't I, believe, I can't help but believe that had something to do Yes. Because, I mean, you, when you'd see the even older, because oh, I've got some DVDs, I've even gosh. got the Kevin Smith interview with him with yes. the Spider Man movie. Yes. Uh, when you see him and Joan together, I mean, they just had love magic for old people. Just, it just, they soaring. were so cute together. I loved it. I loved mm -hmm. it. It was you know, great. You, you feel like that they're family. I know they're not. Yeah. But, but when but you we love knew them, so much yes. about them. And when you know them your whole life and you know of them and, you're, and, and you think about this, 
We had them in our homes our whole lives. We had them in our homes. We read about them. We saw them on TV. Spider-Man and Amazing Friends. That's it. He, every his voice. Yeah. His voice was out there. Uh, he's recording it. So that's why you feel like they're family. Yeah. They're, they're part of your life, even though you're not a part of theirs. They're a part of your life. And so yeah. that's why you feel like they're family. And that's why it, I think it hit so hard. Yeah, it did. I mean, especially when you grow up reading and you read all these characters that he created. And not to mention, he talks in the back of the comic books and, and gives the you... The stand Yeah, and he gives you a sense of... Uh, it's okay, pal. I'm with you. Yeah, it, we're all together. Yes. Enough said. Enough said. Yes. Uh, so I mean, that's that's one of the great things is like that first major cameo he had in X Men. I mean, he's got some other bits where he popped up yeah, like in, once a, in a, while. a Mall Rats. Yeah, but like X Men movie on I, TV. It was, I, it was so yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was so nice in X Men. Those of us that knew who he was, yeah. Stan Lee's back there, and yeah. we're like other people who were just like, "Oh, this movie looks cool," and they, you know, yeah. and they get into it. It's fun geeks. to have, it's fun to have brought some new fans along, like, "Oh, see that guy," and they started recognizing they were seeing that guy a lot. Yeah, like, and why is he in there? Having these new fans who are like, "Hey, that guy," so, "Oh, that's Stan Lee." Oh, he created these characters because now you have so many new people who love these characters, even if they haven't read any of the comics, they still love these characters. Yeah, and they know they know they love him because he created and, them. And a lot of them became a fan of his because of the movies and they yeah. didn't know now they do they're now in they on know, it and they're in on it so now we're also preaching to them the, the, the gospel of Steve get, uh, Steve Ditko and Jack yes. Kirby and they're getting in on it and the, yes because Jack Kirby we lost a long time ago Steve Ditko we just lost this year yeah we love him too yeah you know? we love him and his art and everything and there's a little bit more detail about how they had their bit of a falling out because yeah. uh, Steve Ditko was really big into I think it's called objectivism and Ayn Rand you know the Atlas Shrugged and all that kind of yeah. thing he was really big into that and him and Stan disagreed on that and so that kind of got to where they had a hard time working together but I think there was still a love there, there was, but there it, was but it was the kind of know, a love hate yeah kind love of hate a, thing Disagreement, but yeah. but sometimes people have a hard time working along. Yeah, if you, yeah. If you don't agree because Steve Ditko went over in DC and did some great work over there. So did Jack Kirby. Yeah, I mean, he did. That I mean, there's said, some great artists that we have to give some credit for their part in the creation of these characters. As one well, of the things I got to say Stan about Stan being the writer, we like it. One thing about Stan Lee that I have to give 100 percent respect to that, I, and I'll always do. Stan is one who always gave. Uh, credit where credit is due. Yeah. He, some people say that he doesn't, doesn't that he's trying to take uh, people's credit. If that's the case, then how come he always talks about uh, Ditko and, and, and always talks about Jack Kirby? Not, not to mention the fact that even with DC, when DC has documentaries and things, Stan Lee shows up in him. Yeah. And gives credit to Spider, excuse me, to Superman and, and yeah. Batman and to Bob Kane and to, uh, Jerry Seagal and, and all these people. Yeah, he, he to Joe uh, Schuster and he'll talk about. And he these was things. good friends with Bob Kane apparently yeah, too. He was. I've seen some great pictures of them two together. Wouldn't you yeah. just love to be at that dinner table? Oh, are you kidding me? Woo! But the <laughs> point is, is that he he puts cre uh, credit where credit is due and 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 commemorates them and says if it weren't for Superman and all these that I wouldn't be where I'm at. So yeah. this is where I, I have to love the man. Not to mention that he did for our country. He did go serve right the, World yeah. War One. Yeah, World yeah. War Two. World War was it two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have to to give him complete salute to that. You know, yeah. That's, that's great. He didn't get involved with Captain America incidentally. A lot of people say he created. He didn't. He didn't. He brought him back brought, though, with it, the Avengers. Yes. Captain America would not be the Captain he and is. And he did write some Captain America. Yes, he did. He would not be the Captain America that he is if it right. were not yeah. for Stanley. For Stanley, he wrote uh, a lot of the stories that we know of. Of being the the origins mm -hmm. that was written in the '60s, whenever they brought him back to life, uh, with the, with the whole Bucky thing where yeah. he, he got his arm blown off. That that that's Stan. 
That's all Stan, Stan, you know. And Stan is the first one who, I, I love this story of when he was going to come around with the Fantastic Four and he was being told he couldn't do it, whatever, you know, and then Joan told him, because he wanted to write a family yeah. drama with yeah. superheroes. And Joan told him, just write it the way you want, because what's the worst that could happen? They just, they're just they only going to give you one shot. Just do it the yeah, way you he want was, to. He was going to retire at the age of 40, yeah. a couple years younger than me, yeah. you know, a year younger than you. He was going to retire, and he, he said, well, she, he, she said, well, if you're going to quit, you might as well give it one yeah. shot. Do and, it the way you want yeah. to do it. Thank goodness for her. Yeah. Because we wouldn't have what we have if it weren't for her. She was a smart lady. Yeah. She was one great cookie, you know? Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have what we have if it weren't for her. Yeah. Because then suddenly he's not retired and he's still going. Yeah. next thing you know, we got the X-Men and we got Spider-Man. Yeah. Fantastic Four first. Yeah, the Fantastic Four. The first family of comics. Thank goodness. Of superheroes. And that's why I hate when people put them down like, hey, you show respect to the thing. You got to love the the Fantastic Four for what they mean. And Mr. Fantastic. And it was was superheroes that had human problems, that had a real life. I mean, even the Hulk, who's the most powerful thing you could see in the Marvel Universe, is a man struggling with this beast inside. Not just that. I mean, ugh. Stan Lee, with, with the Incredible Hulk, Stan Lee had to fight like crazy to get the Hulk uh, it, it basically uh, taken because he first introduced him and he was gray. You all know that little story. Yeah, I'm I think sure. there was like a printing. Yeah, that was the first issue. Yeah. He wasn't accepted. But that was in the sensational, whatever it was called, secrets and say. Anyway, that wasn't really accepted. And then he tried it again. He tried. People wouldn't take it. So he he kept bringing it back. and kept bringing it back. And he would not let it. He was brought into the Avengers for like four or five issues. I think it was five issues. Mm-hmm. That didn't take. They didn't really want him around. He kept bringing it back and kept bringing it back. And finally, finally he was accepted. But that's all because of the uh, tenacity yeah. of Stan Lee. Yeah, and the the guts he had with uh, when you know Vietnam's going on, and suddenly he you know, and everybody's against the the industrial war complex and all this stuff, and anyone who's making weapons is a horrible person. Stan says, "I'm gonna make one of these people that you all hate, and I'm gonna make him a hero." Yeah, and Tony Stark comes yes, around, yes. and an Iron Man is born, and it's like that was taking a huge risk. Yeah, but that's getting people to look at you. Got to look at people even that you have something against differently. And one thing that he did, too, yeah, he was really good about that. One thing yeah. he did, too, that I thought was great, Stan, being a writer, he loved words that nobody used, like <laughs> sensational and fantastic. And Excelsior. Excelsior. These are words, you know, we say, yeah, people use those all the time. Back then, they did not. They didn't. But it, now, it, we do. It's because of him. You, oh, Philip, you're being a little silly. No, I'm not. He, he really did make those Well, you're words. always a little silly. But oh, of course. Uh-huh. But we ain't even kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he really did make those words a lot more used yeah. than they were back in the day. <laughs> and they're great adjectives. And now, I mean, you can't, you cannot get away from with like a, I think even in the game, there's some point it's like, wow, that was amazing. Spectacular even. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's, there's always something because we're always going to associate that with the amazing Spider-Man who is uh-huh. the spectacular Peter, Peter Parker, the spectacular That's Spider-Man. That's right. That's right. You know? We're caught in the web of that's Spider-Man. Right. Of course, that, well, that's not a stand thing. That was a later thing. But, yeah, you know, still. He, Amazing Spectacular, always going to make me think Spider-Man. Same here. Fantastic is always going to be, there's four of them. That's right. Fantastic Incredible four. is always a Hulk. That's it. Uh, and the Invincible, that's Iron Even Man. Even the word Hulk. I mean, the word <laughs> yeah. Hulk, uh, except for Hogan. No, but, but right. the, the word Hulk. Well, Hulk Hogan, I mean, come on, he's had to borrow that. He did. And mm-hmm. In fact, now, I, I'm coming up with this on my own, but it is interesting to me that with Hulk Hogan, that uh, the WWF later on had an association with Marvel. Yeah, I think it was because in order to get licensing for the name. I'm assuming. I, yeah. uh, I, I think I've heard that before. 
But I just know if that that's wrong. Somebody correct us. But I think I, I think that's right. I do know that that Marvel Comics was involved with making wonderful illustrations of those characters. Yeah, of, of yeah, Randy yeah. Mossman, all those guys. You know, I love those cards. I want I want a copy of all those things. Yeah. You you'd see them on those little uh, ice cream bars. You know, they're all on there. <laughs> yeah, and they used to have trading cards with those pictures, and I still, I want to get. A copy. I would like some Marvel ice cream bars like that. Oh, actually. are you kidding? I want some yeah. WWF and now E. I would yeah. love to have some of those. Dad, remake them. I, yeah. CM Punk was right. They yeah. should have those. I want again. my ice cream bar. You uh, bet. But getting us back on track. Yeah. You know, only Stan Lee could get away with some of the cheesiest names and calling somebody Victor Von Doom to where oh, you can call him Dr. Doom. And then Stephen Strange, Dr. Strange. And I love the fact that they, they kind of tease yes. that a little bit. It's like, well, I'm Dr. Strange. Oh, we're using our made up names. Yes. Only Stan Lee could get away with naming somebody like that. You know, Professor X. Yes. But it's Xavier. But it's not Xavier. It's for that extra something special that makes them X-Men. Yes, that's great, though. That's awesome. That's so great. Yes. It's cornball, but it's fun. Only Stan Lee could get away with that. And even his alliteration for names, so he wouldn't forget. Because he was writing so many books, so he had to remember. Let's see. Reed Richards, Sue Storm, and uh, Peter Parker. He had to have that to remember. And, you know, come on. Clark Kent. It's a C and a K, but it's the same thing. Yeah. You know... But that being said, it's fun, and it was uh, it was fun, and it was it was it was perfect. It, yeah. I mean, if you can not take a comic book with a little bit of a wink. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, is I think people they take things a little too serious nowadays, especially. This is why, to me, the comic book movies did not get great until with the uh, Avengers. I believe is where it started getting great. Why? Because they finally started to open the door. For the aliens and all that stuff, where they finally over started the saying, top stuff. "Yes, we are a comic book." Yeah, because they kept trying to get so serious that they're like, "Well, we would." Yeah, it's a thank movie. you, Christopher Nolan, for making Batman so serious. Which it was still good movies, oh, great films, but it almost lost some of the fun of what Batman. And, and I do think be. that those were more acceptable that way. Yeah, but at the Batman, same time, Batman, you can be realistic yeah, like that. But at the same time, I do think it can be half and half. Yeah, you don't need. You got to find that balance. That balance is the perfect. So I think Heath Ledger actually made an entertaining Joker because he yeah. had that realism, but he kept that that slightly uh, just a little it. over the top. That's just it, yeah. a little bit, you, you just need, enough. You need to have a, a little bit of. I'll just say a, a little bit of Nolan. Stay away from the the uh, oh uh, Schumacher. <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, Nolan being involved with Superman was probably just not a good idea. You, you don't want to go realistic with Superman because it's Superman. Defense of Nolan. He did had nothing to do with it going the way it did. Yeah. That wasn't him. That I, was, I, He was involved, but not enough, maybe. I don't know. By the time he came in, it was already pretty much made. Yeah, you know, it, it it's was, already a disaster. Yeah, so <laughs> that, that was the other man. So yeah. he, he's had nothing to do with it, and it's still that. They're changing it now. So <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're trying to fix it. That's Snyder stuff. So, but you can apparently do a little bit of realism with Captain America, but I, I got to say, I still love the first Avenger best as far as Captain yeah. America. I know yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, the Winter Soldier. Like, yeah, and that is a good movie. Yeah. And that fits with the current modern Captain America where they try to make it more of a spy thriller. I do love cool. the Captain America movie. I thought one of the things I loved the most about it was it was like watching uh, going back in the 40s, which was great. Yeah. And I love that you're you're back there. And, and of course, Stan Lee did an awful lot when he said, uh, I guess one man can make a difference. That's Spider-Man 3. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. But when he, I guess one man can make a difference. That's what it is. Enough said. But what was it he said in the museum to Captain America? He said something very interesting. I can't think what it was. He said something oh, about. Oh, and, and I don't. I actually don't know. It's something to that effect. It's something to that effect. I need to get. I still need to get a copy of that one. It says something to that effect where he's he's like he says something to, like that where 
Well, I, yeah. Well, I do like, though, that in uh, Age of Ultron that you have him wearing his, his veteran's hat. Though. Oh, that's great. Yeah. He's so, <laughs> he's so drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what he says to Cap and everything, but yeah, he always got great lines to yeah. say. What's he should. Even right. in Big Hero 6, I wear him back to front, I wear him front to back. Yeah, that was great. Yes. Yeah. And th what's sad, though, is I was hoping in Big Hero 6 Part 2 or whatever yeah. that we're, we're going to get to see a little bit more of them but you know, now my, we can't. My, uh, my hope and I, I know that it's not like I get to talk to the producers or anything but yeah. I'm hoping there's enough people that have the same idea. My hope is in the next films to come and, and I'm hoping forever. After the ones that they've already got yeah. cameos filmed. I'm, I'm hoping that the, the after the ones he's already done I'm hoping they'll place his picture somewhere in the background. Somewhere. Hide him in the background. Yeah. There's probably enough audio and footage of him the way yeah. they can sneak something in there with computers. Put him in a computer. Have him do something. Even if he, someone's watching something on TV and you see interviews, mm -hmm. do something. He should never so, go away. Yeah. You and, know. Well, that's the thing. You know, next time we see a cameo, it's going to be like Rogue One when we saw Princess Leia after it. Carrie Fisher had just died and we all choked a little bit. Yeah. If you didn't, then okay, you're weird. <laughs> but I choked a little bit both times. I remember I just I sucked in when I saw her because I knew she was gone. When I see Stan Lee in uh, Avengers Part Four and, and Captain Marvel, I know there's gonna be a collective. Are there any others that they've got? Uh, I know of at least those two. I've heard there's up to four other ones that he's already done a cameo, but I don't know if that's true. But I know at least for Captain Marvel and the next Avengers film, he's it's he's in. So when we see him again, it's it's gonna have that impact. Yeah. So. But uh, we, we got to wrap this up yeah. here. But uh, what Stanley has really, I mean, he was, that's like losing Walt Disney in, yeah. in our generation. It is. Uh, it really is. I mean, it's like losing Jim Henson again. It I mean, is. Walt Disney, Jim Henson, Stanley. Yeah. The next one, we, we lose John Williams, and that's it. I'm, I'm done. There, you know, <laughs> I still have more life to live. I'm not, I'm not, no, let's no, not no, get no. that idea. But I mean, that's. I one time was drawing a picture of uh, people of certain eras, certain things, and I had uh, different people that uh, Walt Disney was one of them. Stan Lee was one of them. Jim Henson, and even though it's not quite the same, I have uh, oh uh, Vince McMahon and a few others who I think have really affected different uh, eras like yeah. that, and different types of Vince things. Vince McMahon is the Walt Disney of wrestling. Yes, yeah, so true. I had different things <laughs> like that. And but to me, Stan Lee has been around so long. Yeah, and he's affected more than one thing. I I almost think it's movies, I mean, television. He's he's just affected comics. so much. You know, he really has and. Uh, such an affable person. Yeah. Really. You know. Yeah. Stan was the man. Stan was the man. Excelsior. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. 
Visit patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.